Well, good evening, church. Pastor Josh here. Merry Christmas, and welcome to our Christmas Eve service. We are so thankful that you are joining us on Facebook and on YouTube, and uh, we are just treasuring this moment, and we're so thankful that you get to be uh, watching wherever you're at, if you're at a living room or on a device somewhere, whether you're with your family or whether you're all alone. Um, you're never alone with Jesus, and you're never alone with us either. We're so thankful that you've joined our Christmas Eve service, and we have a lot to uh, take joy in this year. I know it's not been the normal uh, rhythms for us, but we are going to make a joyful noise tonight, and we are so thankful that you have joined us for our Christmas Eve celebration. So uh, tonight you're going to be getting a little bit of God's Word. You're going to be getting a little bit of gospel singing, Christmas singing, and so we are really, really thankful that you have joined us tonight. I'm going to start us out with a word of prayer, and then uh, we're going to do some singing, and then we're going to get into God's Word in Matthew chapter 1. So thanks for being with us. Let's open our time with a word of prayer together. Father, we thank you so much for your grace. We thank you so much for Christmas. We are so grateful to be here right now, and Lord, I pray that you would be with every person that is watching. Lord, I pray that families that are gathered together in their living rooms would just uh, hug one another and love each other tonight, God. This is your night, uh, Lord, Christmas Eve. This is the night that we look forward to so much and we anticipate um, the arrival of Jesus Christ, the incarnation of Jesus. And Lord, we celebrate that tonight. We're so thankful that we can be here. We're so thankful for the singing that's about ready to happen and the, the study of God's word that's about ready to happen. And Lord, may all of it well up into worship that comes into your presence that is pleasing to you. And so, Lord, we are excited to celebrate Christmas tonight. We celebrate it as a church family together, and God, may you bless this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Brandon Hebron, your music director here. I'm here with my lovely wife, Karen, and uh, we're just thankful to be here with you as well to sing to you. And uh, we want you to sing as well with us. Um, this is a time, a joyous time that we can sing and just sing our praises to our, our King who we are celebrating at his birth um, this evening. And uh, so just while you're with your families, please sing loudly together and let's just raise his name together, okay?
Thank you, Brandon and Karen, for uh, that amazing singing. That was really good. And it's always good to have Karen singing. That was really good. And uh, awesome to have you guys singing with us. So I hope you sang with us at home. Uh, and by God's grace, it was a blessing to you. So we are in Matthew chapter 1. So if you have a copy of God's Word, go ahead and grab it. And we are opening up to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 18 through 25. So let's uh, read God's Word together. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to them in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife. But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Praise God for the reading and the hearing of his word. Um, let's pray together and we'll dig into this passage tonight. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, for Matthew. And uh, Lord, we also thank you for Luke as well. We thank you for these gospels that tell us about Jesus and, we, and his arrival. And God, we're so thankful for these angels that visited both Joseph and Mary. And we're so thankful for the virgin birth and the miracle that it was and the miracle that it still is for Christians to stand in awe of and worship Jesus for. And so, God, we thank you for the reading and the hearing of your word. Lord, we know that your spirit works through uh, the reading of the scripture in a special way. And so we pray that you bless our time in the word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we are at Christmas Eve and we are getting ready for Christmas morning, kids, are you excited? I mean, are you pumped? Are you so excited? Make all the noise that you can in your living room right now. You're excited. Presents are tomorrow morning. And uh, I wonder what your family traditions are. I know that a lot of you have different traditions. I know at the Daggett house, we like to drive around and look at Christmas lights. And we like to do that um, sometime before Christmas morning. So either Christmas Eve or we do it the night before. Uh, we, we like to do that, and that is something that we're doing this year. We're changing it up a little bit. We're going to go to a new neighborhood. I know it's kind of risky to go to a new neighborhood where we don't know which streets we're going down, but we love to look at Christmas lights and just check out all the cool designs and all the different colors and all that. So that's a tradition that we do. I know that uh, you know we make birthday cake for Jesus. I don't know if there's any people at home that make birthday cake for Jesus, but we do that. And uh, we sing happy birthday to Jesus on Christmas morning. That's always fun. We watch Home Alone. We watch Elf. We watch White Christmas and Bing Crosby, who is the best Christmas music singer, in my opinion, of all time. And uh, we watch Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye. And we watch White Christmas every year. 
And uh, I guess we do cinnamon rolls too. That's also pretty important on Christmas morning. Can I get a cinnamon roll amen? I mean, we do cinnamon rolls in the morning and uh, that's become a Christmas tradition at the Daggett House anyway. And we read Luke chapter two and of course we do presents every year. So I don't know what your traditions are, but when you come to Christmas Eve and then you come into Christmas morning, you have those traditions that if you are missing those traditions, it's not quite Christmas, you know, like it's, it's almost just like something's missing. And so you fill in the blanks of what those are for you, but in a much greater way, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ is absolutely essential to Christianity. Like if you didn't have the virgin birth or you took away the virgin birth from Christianity, you would strip Christianity of its core tenets, one of its core tenets, and, it, and Christianity wouldn't be Christianity anymore if you didn't have a virgin birth. And so uh, Larry King, maybe some of you know his name, Larry King, the great CNN um, anchor and talk show host, he has interviewed all of the, the biggest stars and the biggest political movers and shakers in the last 30 to 40 years. And he said this, he said if he had the opportunity to interview Jesus Christ and he could, in, he could ask Jesus one question, he would ask this question. He said he would ask Jesus if he were truly virgin born. And Larry King said, and I quote, the answer to that question would define history for me, end quote. And I agree with Larry King. The virgin birth is the most essential, one of the most essential realities of not only Christianity, but of all of human history. So understanding it is a big deal. And we're going to look at the virgin birth of Jesus tonight. And certainly the virgin birth of Christ changed, we know, at least two people's lives, Mary and Joseph. Totally rocked their worlds, changed their lives forever. The angel Gabriel showed up to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And he announced to her that she was the favored one of God that would carry the Messiah, the, um, the God-man. And uh, we need to consider just a few things. I want to look at Luke 1 really quick and then jump over to Matthew 1 as well. So as we, as we look at the Luke 1 passage, and I just want to summarize some things about Mary that might be new to you or might be important for you to understand. The first thing we need to understand about Mary is her age. In Luke chapter 1, verse 27, Mary is identified as a young virgin girl. And so most scholars believe that Mary was about 14 years old at the time of Gabriel's announcement. Think about that, 14 years old. She was very, very young. And, and in, in this announcement, she gets this angelic announcement from Gabriel, one of the archangels of God, and she handles it beautifully. I mean, she handles it with maturity. She handles it with humility. She handles it with faith. She is absolutely remarkable in how she is receiving this angelic vision, and she's only 14 years old. Um, it's a reminder to us tonight that you're never too young to hear from God. You're never too young. Um, I think in, the, in a world uh, where we are so busy all the time, I want all the kids at home, I want all the children to listen up. Children, I want you to listen up. You're, you're never too 
um, young to hear from God. You're never too young to hear from God. God might have something to say to some of you tonight. If you're 14 years old or you're younger than that, God might be saying things to you tonight through his spirit, by his word. That's very important. He might be calling you to salvation. He might be calling you to become a Christian tonight. He might be calling you um, into the ministry. He might be calling you to surrender your life to Jesus Christ um, in a way that you've never even dreamt before. You're never too young to hear from God. And so parents, I want you to hug your kids, squeeze your kids at home, and understand that Mary was quite young when she heard from this angel, this message that she would be um, pregnant with the God-man, Jesus Christ. Second thing I want you to know and think about as we look at Mary is her town. It says in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, that she was from the town of Nazareth. And so the angel Gabriel went down to the town of Nazareth, and you need to know this about Mary. She was a nobody from Nazareth. She was an absolute nobody from Nazareth. Um, if you didn't know, Nazareth was this rough, hick kind of town in the middle of nowhere. Um, it was once said in the Gospels that can anything good come from Nazareth? Because Nazareth was such a, a terrible byword in that culture. Nobody came from Nazareth. So to say it in a different way, Mary came from the wrong side of the tracks, if you know what I mean. She came from that wrong side of town. She wasn't smart enough. She wasn't rich enough. She was just an average young girl, and she was from a town of no real religious reputation whatsoever. And I bring that up because I want to tell us tonight that God has this delightful ability to pick out people who are overlooked and they come from overlooked neighborhoods and they're just average people. And God has this amazing habit of picking out people who most of the people would overlook in this world, but God says, you're exactly who I want to use. And that's exactly what he said to Mary. Um, and I think sometimes we, as a church on the south side and southeast section of the city, we can kind of relate to this. We know what it's like to be overlooked. We know what it's like to be skipped over. We know what it's like to be uh, considered average or below average or whatever in the eyes of the world. And I think that's exactly who God wants. God loves to use people like Mary and he loves to use people like you. And I, I want to just say from my heart to yours tonight, like if you feel like I'm overlooked, it's Christmas time, I I, I haven't gotten a lot of phone calls. I haven't got a lot of Christmas cards. I haven't been, been uh, called that much. I haven't been communicated with that much. I feel overlooked. I, I want to tell you tonight, God sees you. And in fact, God delights to speak to you. And God loves you. And he sent Jesus to die for you. And I don't want you to feel overlooked because you're probably the very person that God wants to use tonight. And so the third thing we need to see when we look at Mary is not only her age and her town, but her engagement. In verse 27, it says that she was betrothed. She was betrothed to Joseph, uh, which means that, that her and Joseph were going to get married. That's what that means. And so at the age of 14 and Joseph at the age of 18 or 19, they were, they were promised to one another. They were going to get married and so Gabriel's announcement meant that Mary's life was effectively over as she knew it. It was over. Um, the announcement really put her into a really awkward and difficult position. Being impregnated by the Holy Spirit meant that the marriage was off. The marriage was done. 
betrothal in that culture was like our engagement time period in America, except it was more serious in Jewish culture than it is here. Betrothal in that, in that culture was, was basically like marriage. And so a divorce decree was actually required for Joseph to, marry, to, to give to Mary because it was that serious. Because her being pregnant outside of, uh, of betrothal and Joseph not being the dad, the, the divorce was uh, a no-brainer was going to happen. So divorce was guaranteed, and in fact, in the Old Testament, uh, the Old Testament law called for Mary to be stoned to death because she was pregnant outside of wedlock. And so Mary was looking death straight in the eyes at the age of 14 and having to make a choice of faith. Um, you see, walking by faith, as Mary discovered and as we discover today, walking by faith involves risk. If you're going to walk by faith in Jesus Christ, you're going to be called to risk. You're going to be pushed into positions where you have to either choose what God says or choose the ramifications of what the world's punishment might look like. Just like Mary had to choose. She, was she going to listen to God or was she going to listen to you know, what, what the repercussions would be from the world? She chose to walk by faith. She chose to risk it all in order to carry the Messiah, to carry Emmanuel inside of her and say yes to God. And so we will be challenged in the same way as we walk with God. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're going to be put in a position where you're going to have to choose. You're either going to choose to walk with God or you're going to choose to suffer the, the ramifications of this world. And like Mary, we're going to be called to walk by faith. And, uh, you know, sometimes God messes up our plans. Can I get a 2020 amen? Can I get a 2020 amen? Sometimes God messes up our plans. And things don't go like we ought to think that they should go. And it's in those moments, right, that we're just like Mary. We've got to choose between what God says and what the world says. And by God's grace, we're going to choose to walk with the Lord. Um, so Mary responds in Luke 1 to the prospect of a virgin birth by faith. Praise God. That's wonderful. She is walking by faith in this angelic visitation and the reality of a virgin birth. But what about Joseph? What about that guy? Joseph's the other side of this, and we pick up in Joseph's story in Matthew 1, where I read earlier. And in verses 18 through 25, Mary tells Joseph that she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and he decides to divorce her quietly. Now, because Joseph is a righteous man, and again, when I say man, what I mean is he's 18 or 19 years old. So put this into perspective. He's 18 or 19 years old. He's a righteous young man, and um, he's going to divorce her quietly. Because let's face it, right? If you're in Joseph's shoes, um, that's tough news for you to hear from the woman that you love, that she's pregnant and she's telling you that I'm pregnant, and Joseph, you're not the daddy. And in fact, God is the one who impregnated me. I mean, that's a lot to handle for an 18 to 19 year old young guy. And so he is a righteous guy. He's going to divorce her quietly. He doesn't want her to be stoned, and that's a good thing. But just before the divorce is enacted, Joseph, like Mary, gets an angelic visit. And his visit comes through a dream. And the angel tells Joseph that Mary is, in fact, telling the truth um, about being impregnated by the Holy Spirit. The angel tells um, Joseph that you're going to name the baby Jesus. You're going to have a son, and you're going to name him Jesus, which means 
Jehovah saves. And uh, so not only did Joseph get the name, uh, but this, this baby born of a virgin named Jesus, Jehovah saves, is going to save his people from their sins. And like I said on Sunday, the most important reality in all the world is that people who are humans and sinners get saved. It's why God came. It's why Jesus came. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. And that's the number one reality of what you need tonight. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, you need to be saved. That's what the Bible says. And that's why Jesus came. And so Jesus is going to be born of a virgin. He's going to be named Jesus, which means Jehovah saves, and he's going to save people from their sins. So let's just look at a couple things in Joseph's life. First of all, we see Joseph's willingness to change his mind. Uh, Joseph had to change what he thought about Mary. He had to change. After the angelic host came and told him about this, Joseph woke from his sleep in verse 24 of Matthew 1, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife. Joseph had to do a 180. He was going to divorce Mary, and now after the angelic visit, he is going to change his mind. He had to have a willingness to hear from God and change his mind about his wife. And so, um, I don't know, Joseph thought he knew something. He thought he saw something very clear. She was pregnant, out of wedlock. She's talking crazy. She's saying that the baby is, is of God. And, and, and he's, just, he, he's just convinced of a certain thing. And then an angel shows up and he has to change his mind. He has to change the interpretation of how he is looking at this woman, Mary, and he has to say, okay, I'm, I'm with it, God. I'm going to change my mind. Can you think of anything harder to do in your life than to change your mind, honestly? In life, one of the hardest things for us to do as sinners is to change our mind about things, about people, about situations, about circumstances, about coronavirus, about masks, about all these things. It's hard for us to change our minds. And yet Joseph shows us here that he wasn't too arrogant, he wasn't too stubborn to not change his mind. He found out from God's word in Isaiah 7 that his kid would be Emmanuel, God with us, and he was convinced by God to change his mind. And so it is this Christmas Eve for us. I think as we come to Christmas Eve tonight, this might be the moment we need to change our minds about some things. What do I mean? Well, it might be your spouse if you're married. You know, you might need to change your mind about how you're thinking about your spouse, how you're treating your spouse, how you're talking to your spouse. You might need God to get a hold of your heart because maybe you don't know all the facts. Maybe you don't know the whole situation. Maybe you should ask some more questions. Maybe you should have some more conversations. Maybe God wants to bring healing and forgiveness to your marriage. Maybe God wants to do something, but you need to change your mind maybe. What about your kids? Maybe you need to change your mind about your kids. Some of you have have sinned against your kids. Some of you have your mind made up about your kids. My kid's always going to be this way. It's always going to be this. It's always going to do that. And maybe, maybe God is wanting you to change your mind tonight on Christmas Eve. 
Maybe your attitude towards your kids have been sinful and wrong. What about your finances? What about all the disappointments of 2020? What about all the things that are just have been bothering you all year? Maybe God wants to change your mind. Maybe these haven't been such bad things. Maybe God has been wiring all these things in your life to change your mind. Uh, maybe your circumstances. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is tonight. But Joseph changed his mind when an angel told him the truth. And for some of you, you need to hear from God tonight. And maybe he wants to change your mind. And, when, and, and I would just say freedom, true freedom in, in life is found when we change our mind to what God says. To what God says. And maybe Jesus is trying to get a hold of your heart tonight. The angel that uh, the angel talked about, or the, I'm sorry, the, the Messiah that the angel talked about in Isaiah 7, his name would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Joseph responded, he woke up from that dream, not only with a changed mind, but he woke up with faith and obedience. He believed what God was saying, and he obeyed what God was saying. Um, the Bible says that Joseph remained sexually pure throughout the pregnancy. Um, he didn't know Mary until after the baby was delivered. And this was a really big deal. He was loyal. Joseph was loyal to God, and he was loyal to his wife, Mary. And he, 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 he totally stayed separate from her in a very godly way, until Jesus was born. Consider how hard it would have been for Joseph to know that this first baby that his wife was delivering wasn't his. It wasn't his. It was God's baby. And Joseph was, I mean, I mean, you talk about a blended family and adoption. You want to talk about that conversation? You should interview Joseph and see what he was feeling. How hard was that on a human level for him to to see this all come about. The virgin birth had to happen because the Messiah could not be associated in any way with the sin nature of Joseph. That's what made Jesus perfect, is that he didn't get the sin nature from Joseph. He didn't get the sin nature from Joseph's line, ultimately going all the way back to Adam. It had to be that way. And imagine how hard that would have been for Joseph to look at Jesus every single day of his upbringing and to think, he's my son, but he's not my son. He's God's son. And I'm a sinner. And God's called me to raise him. But yet, you don't see that in Joseph. You see obedience and faith all the way through. Joseph was obedient to God, and he was full of faith. Talk about an amazing man who had to give up. I'm sure he had dreams about what his firstborn son would be like. I'm sure he had dreams and visions about what it all would be. But he had to jettison those dreams in order to embrace God's dream, God's vision of Messiah coming to save the world. And Joseph was humble and obedient. You know, sometimes our lives don't turn out the way we think. Sometimes some of the twists and turns of life really do a number on us, don't they? And sometimes we have to look inside of our own narrative, our own story that God has given us. And you know what? Sometimes we just have to be humble and we have to be obedient and we have to walk by faith. Believing that, you know what? It's not really about me and what I want for my life. It's about what God's vision is for me. It's about what God's plan is for me. 
And it's about Jesus Christ being known in my life. Me knowing Christ in salvation and making Christ known to other people. I'm just like Joseph. So the virgin birth of Jesus Christ is absolutely essential to Christianity. I'm so glad Mary and Joseph responded in faith to God's promises. I'm so glad that the virgin birth happened. I'm so glad that on Christmas Eve tonight we can celebrate the arrival of the God-man, Jesus Christ. And may we, no matter where we're coming from, no matter what we, who we are, who we aren't, may we bow down tonight. This is our moment to bow down tonight before this beautiful baby boy who is God in the flesh. And this God in the flesh, he loves you and me. So every Christian, rejoice. Tonight is the night of the God-man's arrival. May we worship the baby boy born in Bethlehem. And for those of you who don't know Jesus, man, what a night to trust him. This could be the night where you believe for the very first time that Jesus Christ came to this earth for you. He died for you on the cross. He rose again the third day that if you would put your faith in him, you will be saved tonight. And I can't think of a better Christmas present to get than to invite Christ into your heart right now. So let me close in a word of prayer and then we'll go on with our evening of celebration. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word in Matthew 1. Thank you for Joseph and Mary. Thank you for the virgin birth, the miraculous arrival of Jesus Christ to this earth. Lord, thank you that you chose normal, average people like Joseph and Mary. And you gave them the ability to believe. You gave them the ability to obey. And God, you did a miracle by sending Christ into this world to arrive to save us from our sins. And Lord, if there's anybody in this audience tonight that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, may tonight be the night that they place their faith and trust in Jesus. And Lord, for everybody who does know Christ, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to celebrate. Lord, we're excited to celebrate tonight. We're excited to celebrate tomorrow morning, the arrival of Jesus. And Lord, may we ever believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us for this Christmas Eve service. Merry Christmas to every single one of you. May you have a fantastic celebration tonight and tomorrow morning. We will talk to you very, very soon.